podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True Green. Green today. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily. I think it's Tuesday night. It could be Wednesday night. I think it's Wednesday night. Um, it is Wednesday, isn't it? Uh, I've lost all track of what day it is and, and where we are. Um, I've been informed by my seven-year-old child it's Wednesday and I've got the look of death from her as well. So that's how it goes. Um, this show is brought to you by Paddy Power, a bookies, a website and an app. If you gamble, please gamble responsibly and remember to do so with Paddy Power. Tonight, I'm with you as always and I have Keith and P on to discuss the World Eleven that we've been voting on over the last couple of days. Some really interesting stuff around the midfield loads of polls today loads of mad results and we, we're going to look at them we're going to talk through them we're going to update you on both teams the, the viewers team and the alternate trippers team and we're going to look forward to the forwards tomorrow uh, there's going to be plenty of debate in this one there's no doubt about that here we go <laughs> And here we go. And Keith, I'm going to come to you first. I'm just going to give you a little update on the sides as they stand because Pete, Pete wasn't on last night. It was Phil with his last night. So I'm going to update everybody on the teams as we go out through the week. Tomorrow will be the last show on this and we'll have both teams. And then we have little plans around both teams when they're all finished. But the viewers so far, um, as of last night, had picked Buffon and goal, Cafu right back, uh, Maldini left back, Cannavaro centre half with Baresi. Um, we had gone with Schmeichel and goal, Zanetti right back, Lamb left back, Virgil van Dijk and Chiellini as the, um, back four. Today was all about midfielders and Keith, we had a lot of names to get through, didn't we? <laughs> oh yes one or two yeah the amount of names but i suppose it's the nature of the beast isn't it with these sort of things that you, you just keep naming names you're going back what 30 years are going back and you're just remembering you know little gems here and there and it was an interesting day with names getting bandied about all over the place it really was. some of the choices some of the choices were a bit mad now i have to say <laughs> they, so, were, yeah, they were mad the, the like... people chose yeah, no, they were, they were they were insane, and to be honest with you, like um, like I've I've come on here tonight and I said I'll get all these polls together, and when I started looking at them, I went, Jesus Christ, this was a lot of polls. Um, we started off with now we called it the defensive midfielder lineup, right? And people went, well, he's not a defensive midfielder. What we meant was a deep line kind of midfielder, you know, uh, that you would expect to see as yeah. the deepest or uh, deep in a two, you know, that that kind of thing. People took it a little bit too literally. 
I'm going to be honest with you, but listen, we, we, we got there and we, we went as, we went along as best we could. So what we had was, um, the, the, we had 16 names, um, to go in this midfield. So it was, it was in the first group. We had Roy Keane. We had, uh, Dunga. We had Edgar Davids. And we had, um, who else do we have in that one? I'll tell you now. I have it in front of me. Um, uh, Javier Mascherano. Um, that was the four in the group, right? Um, the second group was, uh, Patrick Vieira, uh, Dimitri Albertini, uh, Frank Roycard and Gattuso. Uh, the third group was Makaleli, uh, Deschamps, uh, Redondo and Lothar Mateus. And the last group was, uh, Pirlo, Javi Busquets and Javi Alonso. Uh, Pierre, a lot of really good names in there. A lot of really good names. Yeah. Uh, off the bat, I don't uh, know what, if you've looked at the polls. What do you, where are you going with this one? Where's, where's two questions? Why is Mascherano in there? And where's Ruth Hulley? Right. Yeah, that's a good show. Um, people, <laughs> very good question, Pete. Very good question. He, well, Mascherano was in there because his name came up a couple of times. Ruth Hulley. Incredible. I don't know where people wanted to put him. Oh, See, this was a matter. big deal with the, the polls. Um, because if you look at Ruth Hulley, Ruth Hulley plays yeah. sweeper for Chelsea. Ah, uh, but you know, listen. No, but look, he does. He towards towards the positions. end, yeah, towards the end of his career. But Ruud, listen, Ruud Hulle turns up. You play him. You know, you 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 got to think AC Milan, Ruud Hulle. You stick him in the but middle of the park. He was an attacking midfielder, wasn't he? He was an attacking midfielder. He was. He was. He was. He was everything. He was. He was everything. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, the closest thing I've seen to the kind of presence is Virgil Van Dijk. But you're talking about that in a midfielder. You know everything. He could attack. He could defend. He could orchestrate. He could lead. He was. He was everything. Mm. He was everything. You're going to get very upset yeah, later on the show, Pete. I'm just going to let oh, you. Know. Um, <laughs> I'm already upset. But, but <laughs> of those names, I don't know if you've seen the poll or not. But of those names, like I go through them quickly again: Keane, Vieira, Macaulay, Pirlo, uh, Mascherano, Xavi, Albertini, Dunga, Deschamps, uh, Busquets, Roycard, Davids, Alonso, Gattuso, Redondo, Lothar, Mateus. Is, is there? Have you got a favourite in that straight away? Yeah, um, well, people are going to hate me for this, but obviously you mentioned Kane. You can't, have, you can't have a mid, you can't have a midfield without a leader. And the rest of them are nice, you know, a lot of nice players in there. Lothar Mateus, you know, grabbing games by the scruff of the neck. You, always, you think of Italian ninety, you think of how he just single-handedly dominated that. So, I'd, I would go with probably Roy, um, Roy and Lothar Mateus, to be honest. Okay. Keith, when you seen those 16 names come out, was there anybody that, that jumped up? Because we are going to have to put an alternate in here at some stage, so we might as well yeah, throw them out there early and see how it goes. It's going to be yeah. tough. Now, I have to say, I was not entertaining Keane at all, and I wasn't entertaining Vieira either, or Mascherano. I was looking at the sort of, again, I said it last night, a lot of my formative young teenage years were a lot of Serie A, so... I was all over the Roy cards, the Albertinis, and um, that that sort of player, you know, the Italian influence type of players, and then even the likes of uh, a Redondo or the likes of Matthias. So I was thinking along those lines, but you know, names were just bandied about all over the place. I mean, to me, Edgar Davids was in there. Edgar Davids was more of a box to box midfielder. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was a lot of how people perceived. You know what I mean? Like what type of player they are. Like they, even there. He has Hulla should have been in this group, whereas I, I felt Hulla was maybe a deep line playmaker, an attacking one or a sweeper, certainly. 
But it just, I suppose, it's how you, uh, how you, you see it in yourself, you know. So for me, I'd have been looking at, I mean, Frank Rijkaard was amazing. Frank Rijkaard was an absolute baller of a player in that Milan side. But my personal favourite was Dimitro Albertini for me. Okay. Um, Albertini is a really good show. I, I really like him as a player as well. But when you look at, um, like when you go back through what happened today, you know, like I can tell you the first vote, uh, Keane had 37%, Dunga had 11%, mm. Mascherano had 42% and won the vote. And Edgar, Edgar Davids, um, Edgar Davids after that, uh, came in on something like 10%. Um, mm. Pirlo in the, in the other one, 20% for Pirlo, 25 for Xavi, 13% for Busquets and 42% for Xavi Alonso. Now, a lot of people will say, and probably right, it's a Liverpool podcast we have. Of so course. there's going to be a lot of Liverpool boys there, but, I can tell you, Mascherano and Alonso got both go through in those in those votes. Uh, for you, P, are they right? Because mm, no, no, I, I mean, don't think Javi they are Lanzo, either. Yeah, Javi Alonso absolutely outstanding. You know, I'm not going to criticise a player like that. The man absolutely floated through games of football. Let's be honest. But Javier Mascherano, his second touch was always a tackle, and I think this is. I made this point on this podcast before you know you can you can mistake somebody that's always in a tackle for being a great player if you don't understand the game and I've seen I've seen Mascherano a couple of times in the flesh at Anfield and the touch was always heavy and he now he looked great in the tackle it was always fierce but you've got to ask yourself what is a central midfield player doing in that in that that type of tackle all the time it's because his touch is heavy and loose and he never done it for me. I always thought he was an accident waiting to happen. Mm. Um, and for, if you're playing midfield for a club like Liverpool, you know you need to be contrib- contributing more in the final tour, regardless of your position. And ah, Mascherano, just for me, like I said to you, he's he always looked like he was playing, you know, for a for a struggling side. Mm. You know, when he was even when he was playing for us, and mm. you know. He played under under Benitez. Now, don't get me wrong. Everybody had their responsibility under Rafa defensively, but still, I think his legacy is a little bit uh, through red rose tinted glasses, shall we say? Mm. So he has no place in an all time great eleven under any circumstance. Yeah, um, from me, you know, something like Chris Brack is just upset over Philippe Lamb. He wants him in every part of the pitch because he didn't get in, in as the uh, left back last night. Uh, Danny Emery wants Philippe Lamb playing left back, right back, defensive midfielder, and sub goalie. It's a lot of love for for Philippe Lamb. Uh, Scott he's Parker in team. He's in the alternate yeah, team. Yeah, he, he is in the alternate team. So I think people need to stop getting so upset. Scott Parker not involved. There's a shambles since <laughs> Dylan O'Rourke. Dylan just being <laughs> Dylan O'Rourke. To be Brilliant. honest with you, uh, Key Brilliant. says I think Dylan's on to something. Key says no. <laughs> No Liverpool player gets in my world eleven nineteen ninety to today. Well, Keith, stay on board because there is um, yeah. there's a couple more Liverpool Watch players coming up. Uh, Stephen O'Connor <laughs> mentions Roberto Donadoni. Well, look, we'll we'll get to that. Does he make Does he make the like the attacking midfielders or the are the box to box midfielders? You'll have to wait and see. In the last two mm-hmm. votes, uh, McAlealy comes in at sixty two percent. Deschamps at five, Redondo at five, and uh, Lothar Mateus at twenty nine. And the interesting one for me was Vieira came in at seventy one percent. Albertini at mm-hmm. three, Roy Card at sixteen, and Gattuso um, came in up ten percent or something around like that. <sighs> Keith, is it is it a re- is it recency is it a recency bias? It's recency and it's Premier League boys, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. Which is fair enough, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people watch Premier League and will have seen Vieira week in, week out. Mm-hmm. We'll have seen McAlady. Now McAlady was a very important player for Chelsea and Real Madrid and France. 
but only because he'd done the donkey walk. And I know Deschamps was the same before that. Like he shouldn't be in the mix. Like he's in a group there with Bladen, Redondo, Lothar Mateus, Didier Deschamps, and Steamrolls it. No, do me a favour. Shouldn't even. It's harsh. That's harsh. That's harsh, Keith. How many oh, players stop. do we know? Do how many players do we know have the role named after them? I mean, well, don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm not I'm not a Macaulay fan, boy. However, you know. A lot of people that, call it the Macaulay role. That's Premier so. League bullshit, but Pete, you know what I mean? What if you know, ask me, I, I mean, know. if you're asking me out of them 40s, the worst of the, the four of them for the start, Macaulay, Deschamps, Redondo, Matthias, Lothar Matthias, that's a leading insult to Lothar Matthias. But oh, in saying oh, that, i never seen Lothar Matthias as a deep-line playmaker or defence midfielder. No, I've seen him as a central mean, midfielder and exactly, a yeah. again, think, think, of 1990, think of 1990, yeah. Lothar Matthias. But I mean, exactly. I, I make, make, make a point to you. I, in my view, Real Madrid are still still trying to replace Claude McAnady. Oh, he was a great player. He certainly was a great player. But if I'm picking a, a world eleven, right, I don't want a non-entity like Claude McAlealy in the team. You know what I'm? Do you know what I'm trying to get at? Without being disrespectful, no, 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 exactly. Extremely what disrespectful to him. It depends. He was a player that facilitated yeah. others by yeah. just mopping up. Now that's fair enough if you're an actual team and you're trying to win. It's very important, and especially in that Galactico team. Uh, that Real Madrid had they needed McAlealy and yeah he did get a position in that one. but to me there's so many more players I mean I t- still think it's Premier League and recency yeah. boys coming to the fore in this but then that's fair it, enough you know yeah. it depends are you are you trying to pick the 11 best players or are you trying to pick the, the best team uh, I think it's two very very different things to be honest yeah uh, very much true very much is yeah. But I think when you're dealing with these type of players, you know, you don't need to null it. Well, you might say you do need to nullify the attack of your team. But I think, you know, no, I suppose whatever trio comes out on top in either team will have their strengths. Yeah. And weaknesses as well, I'm sure. Well, look, it, it got the final vote comes in and... Um, it's Alonso that wins on 57%. Vieira is second with 27. McAlealy only gets 11% of the vote. And Mascherano in fourth with 5% of the vote. So, Xavi Alonso goes into the um, deep-lying midfielder, we can call it, okay? Uh, like, there's loads going on in the chat here. Uh, midfielder in this, key says, midfielders in this century are so different. I get the Italian defenders 90 to 99, but no midfield. Uh, forget the pre-2000 midfielders. Xavi and Iniesta Pirlo make them all look like clowns. Uh, Danny Emery says the argument yesterday for Baresi was that he couldn't play the modern game. That argument has to stand tonight. Um, I don't think we argue that. That's yeah, that was, that was a harsh one. Phil made the point, Phil in made the point yeah. and I did sort of see where he was coming from. Mm. But then, you know, I think it is hard to compare areas. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, an, it's your own personal preference of what you. What so you he, he, here's here's a here's a counter argument to that that point, and I I I won't use an expletive that I wanted to. Are you telling me that oh. someone like Franco Baresi, uh, whoever made that point about uh, Franco Baresi? Franco Baresi couldn't read a game that, let's say, let's pick an athlete, Nicolas Pepe was playing in and render Nicolas Pepe redundant based on athleticism alone. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd, when people, you'd have to you know, ask Phil because Phil was on did, loads of did gym. Did you hear it last night, yeah. um, <laughs> what, what, what he was saying about Baresi was that Baresi was part of a team that didn't, he never got exposed. He was in a very defensive uh, team that didn't give up much opportunities and that uh, Baresi was maybe because, because of because of him 
because well, of it was a lot of it was down to him you know what I mean it was exactly. Maldini Verezzi you had Sebastiano Rossi behind him you had players in front of him and beside him but they, it sort of denigrated him a bit you know what I mean but look, that was Phil he was on a mad one last night <laughs> <laughs> that's allowed um, we're, we're, not, we're not too sure which Phil it was but it was definitely the one that drinks gin and wine Um <laughs> But look, we're going to have to pick an alternate. The, the, the fact is, Xavi Alonso goes in there. Now, look, Xavi Alonso was a fantastic footballer. Would I have him in there? Um, he wouldn't have been my choice out of them 16, I'm going to be honest with you. But what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to let um, Keith pick the defensive midfielder as the alternate. I'll pick the box-to-box midfielder, as they call it, and I'm going to let Pete take the attacking midfielder, the alternate, okay? So Xavi Alonso goes in for the uh, viewer's pick. Uh, Keith, where are you going with this? Because uh, at the moment, you have Zanetti, Van Dijk, Chiellini, Lamb as a back four. You have Schmeichel as your goalkeeper. Who are you putting in there as your deep-line midfielder? I'm putting in... I'm going against me personal favourite, Albertini, and I'm going for another Milan man, and I'm going for Frank Rijkaard because I think Frank Rijkaard was as defensively solid as any other defensive midfielder, but he was attacking. He was brilliant going forward as well. Okay, so I th- Frank Rijkaard. I think me. I think he's a brilliant show, Frank Rijkaard. Um, you know, in it when you look, if you go back and we're all around the same age, I think, and if you go back and look, well, you're older than me. There's no doubt about it. But um, sure. you know, we're looking at us all. Um, <coughs> but. <laughs> If you go back and you look at, you know, that Milan side and you see the likes of Gullet, you see Van Basten, you see Roy Card coming through. And Gullet, Van Basten is just a, a ridiculous goal scorer and his career cut way too short due to persistent ankle problems. Gullet was just like uh, Pete said earlier in the show, a powerhouse no matter where he was on the pitch. He was so skillful. He was, he could be elegant. He was so powerful and he was, he'd annoy for goal. But Roy Card out of the three, was he the third wheel? Probably not, but what he done um, as a footballer um, was just outrageous for me. He, he had he had the lot. He literally had yeah. got the lot. So Roy Card is a really good show for the alternate side, and it's going to be very interesting when it comes down to um, when when it comes down to both teams be completed and we see exactly where we stand. Um, Listen, and before we leave, before we move off that, you know, a lot of people will disagree with that choice of Roy Card, and they'll say, you know, Xavi has been that thing. I'm a huge fan of Xavi, mm. I'm a huge fan of Barcelona around that era, but I'm also a huge fan of the Italian football from the early 90s, and that's what's one for me having Roy Card in there, um, over Xavi. Xavi was a great player, but I just personally, Roy Card for me, okay. Mm. Um, now we moved on and we went to our what you would call straight out midfielders, box to box, could do a bit of both, you know, the usual. And we broke this down into two sets of four. So the first four was Lampard, Iniesta, Seedorf and Paul Scholes. The second one was Iniesta, Gerrard, um, let me see, sorry, no, I'm wrong. The, it was Lampard, Iniesta, Seedorf and Scholes. And the second one was Gerrard, Yaya Torre, uh, Luka Modric and Boban. Um, P, there's eight names there. Mm. Is there anybody, anything mm. that stands out for you? You go, well, where's this guy or where's that guy? Uh, well, you know, what I'm, I've already talked about Ruthold, but I will choose from that list. You've got to have Stephen Gerrard in there. Right. How many times does he just break from nowhere, you know, and just just produce what needs to be produced in countless games? You could you could build a whole show um, around games that he's just produced in when we were absolutely terrible, so you have to have him there. Mm. Um, 
Keith, for you, there's eight names there. Gerard is the one that stands out, and everyone like at this stage knows Gerard won the poll overall, both his mm. the heat he was in and the final he was in. But is there anybody else there where you make an argument against Gerard? Is there anybody on that list or anybody not on that list that you would like to see there? Well, Gerard steamrolled the the poll as we all know, but he certainly wouldn't have been near my choice. Look. I'm getting a bit predictable now, but I'm looking at AC Milan. I'm looking at Zvonimir Boban. I'm looking at Clarence Seidoff after that. You know, these are the guys that I would have been putting in. But look, it's a Liverpool-centric poll, and which is fair enough. And Stevie G came out, but he wouldn't have been my choice. I mean, I looked at... We had a bit of a discussion in the WhatsApp group. I'd have had the likes of Pavel Nedved and all in this, um, this type of type of role mm-hmm. um, he was more of a wide player but he was such a up and down up and down player I thought he was excellent um, but yeah I wouldn't personally have had Gerard myself but you know each of their own but it would have been Boban for me Okay. Well, I just can't. I can't think of anything that Zvonimir Boban or any of the other players mentioned could do over Stephen Gerrard. I mean, the only one, as I said, that I would have put there is Ruud Hullet. You know, I forgot Ruud all Hullet about him. Is, yeah, I is, is, about is, the, is the benchmark for me. But if I have to pick from the list, I'm, I'm picking Steve Gerrard. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, Zvonimir Boban started a war in the Balkans uh, <laughs> on his own, <laughs> and therefore, <laughs> me political. Or just come out and he gets the nod. It was just again, it's it's you know, growing up as a teenager in the early nineties, AC Milan were the team, you know, and as Gav said, we're all around the same age. We all remember that. And you know, Bowman was was the player for me. He was the you know, the 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 real attacking all around midfielder in that team. I just loved him, you know. So again, it's a personal preference, but Bowman wouldn't I, I had the same with Phil last night about Zanetti, I wouldn't be Torned on Zanetti, and I couldn't be torned on Boban either. Mm. Like, you know, like Avo says there, um, Karen Seedorf has got to be in this team. Got five Champions League winners mm. medals with three different teams. Yeah. Uh, Chris Back mm-hmm. points out that Jared wasn't too bad, was he? Key says Iniesta was outrageous. Sorry, Jared didn't win a league or international honours. Um, th- that's an argument against Jared. It absolutely was. Stephen O'Connor says Zinedine Zidane was outrageous. My favourite midfielder of all time. He will figure later on um, in this in this chat, Stephen. Don't you worry about it. Um, look, they've gone. The, the viewers have gone with with you know Alonso with Gerard beside him. It is Liverpool heavy there, and I think it's the only part of this team that you will see Liverpool feature in. So you know, as we said, it's a Liverpool podcast. You are going to get biased there, yeah. but. What alternate you've put alternates forward? I have to pick the alternate for the alternate team, and I think I'm gonna say it out straight. I think out of that list, I'd I have to pick. Um, I think I have to pick. Um, you would sorry, you would pick Jared in the team. I think that's fair enough on the viewers' point. When it comes to somebody as an alternate, I I do think Karen Seedorf is quite hard to look past. I think that the different teams he's played in, the style of play, the countries he's played in, the trophies he's won, what he does for you there. Like if we have Roy Card there and he's doing a bit of everything, Seedorf can do a bit of everything as well. And I think that's probably the way to go with the alternate side when you look how solid they are. Iniesta be a tough one Um, to leave out, wouldn't he? Iniesta is a tough one to leave out. I don't know which way to go because, do you know what? I think I might just go Iniesta. And the reason for it being... 
when I look further up the pitch and what we'll probably end up with, I think Iniesta would supply so much to these players. He would be so intelligent and where he wants to be on the pitch in order to let a Roy Card do his thing or a Lamb do his thing or whoever else forward on. So I'm going to, I'm just about going to plump for Iniesta in air side. So as things stand, um, we have. We have Schmeichel in goal. We've Zanetti, Van Dijk, Chiellini and Lamb as a back four. And we've Rijkaard and Iniesta in our midfield. Um, Seedorf is so, so unlucky to miss out, in my opinion, though. Uh, yeah. Buffon, for the viewers, Buffon, Cafu, Cannavaro, Baresi, Maldini, Alonso and Gerrard. Now, this is where it got very, very, very interesting, right? So we went for, and we called it attack and midfield or stroke number 10 role, whatever way you want to, whatever kind of slight or, or angle you want to put on this. Um, we, we broke it down. We were going to go with a mad amount of stuff again, but we didn't. We went with, um, we went with eight names. So here were the eight names. Pete, I'm going to come to you first and I'll give you the first group. Del Piero, Totti, Zidane and Kaka. Okay. And second group was Maradona, Bearcamp, Roberto Baggio, and Rivaldo. Is there anybody that's not in that group for you? Oh, you can't. I mean, you've mentioned the two names that should stand really out. I mean, if you don't want Messi as a ten, obviously. Well, Messi, my, Messi's got to figure. I can tell you, like people are going on about wide the, on the left. Me, yeah. Messi's going to go wide on the right. Um, yeah. that's he's going to be an option there. You're going to have Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't know where we should put him. Should we put him wide on the left or as a striker? I would put him wide on the left um, because mm. I think he spent the majority of his career there. You're also going to end up with Ronaldinho wide left. Mm. You're going to end up with probably Mark Overmars in, in that position as well. And then up front, you can just, you know, fill your boots as as, as tomorrow goes. But, you Take know, pick. It, well, it's for me, it's between Maradona and uh, Zidane, to be honest with you. Yeah. And it depends on how nostalgic are you very, very nostalgic, nostalgic, and do you actually think to yourself, if I'm making this choice, I'm thinking whose achievement was greater. And for me, that's terrible. I love Zidane, but I mean, how many of the other players from the 1986 Argentinian squad do you even remember? I mean, I remember the guy that scored the fourth goal, Jorge Luis Brown. Probably, they're not exactly household names. So for me, the 86 triumph was a one-man triumph. Mm. So for that but reason, the thing is, that reason alone. But the yeah, thing is, this is from, 19, 90, this is from 1990 to today. Ah, you know? ah well then, no. In on nineteen ninety, I think he, I think he was high on a Colombian mar- margin powder. So we <laughs> go Zidane. Was... <laughs> so yeah, we we go we, we go Zidane. Oh. If it's eighty six included, I'm going Maradona. But since the rule is it's nineteen ninety onwards. Yeah, well, in nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one or two, Zidane almost signed for Blackburn Rovers for three and a half million quid. Yeah. <laughs> so from Bordeaux, so let's, dodged let's, the bullet there. Yeah, dodged so the let's go with him because he was, you know, let's face that's it, that's the one you want. That's yeah. no problem. Yeah, let's go with Zidane. Uh, any arguments about um about about that? Um, because you've you've eight brilliant names there, Keith. You know, like, I have loads of names, and you've the ones you've missed out on, like this. Is what I'm Georgie saying, Hadji. Georgie Hadji was in the conversation. He was. Um, Rui Costa was another one again, going leaning back to the Milan. Um, Raquel, Milan me, I'm team. surprised nobody came. Raquel, May, Dejan Savicevic. Um, there was a stack of them. You know, the, the attacking midfielders were Yardy Littman, and Yardy Littman was a great player in the nineties. You know what I mean? Before he came to us, mm. there was so many of them. You know. Um, 
But the, the list is, it, it's a tough one, because like, to me, Maradona would have been a forward. And he also would have been, you know, maybe the 80s was more his uh, his bag. He was still very good, like, in the into the 90s. He was, you know, 94, he done a cameo at the World Cup, but it turned out he was Elvis bracket at that, so unfortunately, <laughs> he got sent home. Mm. Um, but it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, there's a list of them, a litany of a murderer's row of attacking midfielders you can have in here. And to, to narrow them down was tough. It was um, tough, but, some but of the by names, very- yeah, by, by virtue of the fact that Zidane's name's on the list, it yeah. kind of it takes an awful lot of other names out of that yeah. list. To be quite honest, it with does. You. I mean, it I, does. I hear you, I hear you mention Yari Lippmann. Yari Lippmann was a fine player, and I was delighted when Liverpool signed him, but not on the same level, mm. you know. As, no, not as on the any, same level. Any, any any stage of his career as Zinedine Zidane is wiping what guys off. I was off trying to list. think, you know, at a time in at a time in history, you know what I mean? In that sort of Ajax mid nineties team, they were a cracking mm. team, and Lippmann was their sort of attacking fulcrum, you know what I mean? And for a couple of years, he was he was pretty good, you know, and he doesn't compare with no one compares with Zidane in all fairness, you yeah. know. It's 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 a bit of a it, it's a bit of a tough one. You look at the other names that are in the list. I mean, Del Piero, Totti. You can talk to people and they'll say they're muck. Personally, I thought they were great players, you know. Oh yes, um, absolutely. There's, lo- there's loads of names. There's loads of names there. Dan Tomo said it's so unlucky on Kaka being involved in this because he was a genius. Yeah. Uh, Chris Brax's Maradona is pure magic, but early nineties his powers are on the dip. But from nineteen nineties, Zidane was top level. Uh, Zidane is the only an- answer. Unbelievable footballer. I idolised him. Says Dan Tomo. Uh, Stephen O'Connor yeah. says who remembers Enzo Schifo for Belgium? He got to mention. Oh, yeah. He got to mention. We mentioned him earlier. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. In that great Belgian side with yeah. Jan Kuhlman. Jan Kuhlman's yeah, great team. Yeah, good sides. Uh, Chris Brax says. Del Piero is one of my favourite players when I used to watch Golazzo on Channel 4. Uh, Danny Emery says Loudrup. Loudrup did get mentioned but didn't end up in there. Um, let me see. Was a big fan of the Rossi. No messing with him, says Dylan O'Rourke. Uh, Ronaldinho in the 10 would be ideal. Should be playing for a midfield and then he ducks for cover when he says that. Uh, w- yeah, the problem you have when you play for midfield is you've only two up front and then you're then you're then you're walking a massive tightrope. That's what we went through. You know, no, but it's not even that. If you if you go with a flat four four two, you're really stuck up front and then there's more that goes on. Um but Ronaldinho will get a mention. We 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 spoke about Ronaldinho at the end last night about what he is and what he does. It was a great chat about him. I, I could speak about Ronaldinho all day long because for me you know, I said it last night, Messi is the best player I've ever seen, but the most entertaining footballer I've ever seen is Ronaldinho. I just think he was absolutely yeah. outrageous. Look, um, when it comes down to it, though, you know, the, 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 two, the two groups are there, and what have we got? What have we got? Uh, Del Piero gets 3%, Totti 5 Zidane 77%, and Kaka 14 Maradona gets 73%, Bear Camper 11 Baggio with um, 6 and Rivaldo with 10 And it goes to the final, and the final for this one literally went down to, and I'm not messing, the last couple of seconds. Um, it was so tight. It was going back and forward, back and forward. And, you know, it ends up with, um, Maradona on 42%, Kaka on 10%, Zidane on 45%, and Bearcamp only on 3%. Zidane and Maradona were on 40 three percent each i think um down to the last two oh minutes and zidane just got the last couple so zidane goes into the 
choice um, for the viewers. Now, P, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say to you, they've taken Zidane, so now you're left with a choice. Now, we have discussed Maradona and you completely wrote him off when you knew it was from 1990 onwards. So, now listen, you don't have to take anyone from that list of eight. We need you to pick air attacker midfielder. So, as I as I said, it's Schmeichel, Zanetti, Ver- Virgil van Dijk, Chiellini, Lamb, Roy Card, Iniesta, and now you're going to pick a player to play behind um, the the alternate front three, as it, as it will be as it will be known. Hmm. I will go for entertainment. Yeah, and and statistics as well, and trophies. The the player really that ticks all the boxes of what I'm left with. I go with Ronaldinho, definitely. No, he definitely. can't. I can't. No, not in that. Really? Not in that. No, I, no. Listen, he'd be perfect. He's there. being classified. He's being classified as a wide left. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Um, so I'll remind you quickly. I'll remind you quickly yeah. who we had, right? So you're not stuck. Mm. So you have to or disappointed. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you have. Uh, with them, well, the eight there is Del Piero, Totti, Kaka, Maradona, Bearcamp, Baggio, Rivaldo, or somebody else. Now, uh, Key says it's Gullet. It has to be. You can pick Gullet if you want. Oh, that's where we were I had a bit. I had a bit of a. Had a bit of a. Uh, a speech about Rude earlier on. He goes in. I think you're right, Keith. Let's stick Keith. Let's stick him in there. Yeah, considering he can now. Ironically, I would have wanted to swap him with Steven Gerrard in that side. Uh, Gerrard a little bit deeper. Uh, sorry, Hullet a little bit deeper, and Gerrard probably behind the forward lads. If if we're talking about what we've got now, mm-hmm. but let's let's go Rudy. Let's okay. go Rude. So Definitely. what 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 we could say here is with a midfield three of Roy Card, Iniesta, and Gullet, they they're quite interchangeable, aren't they? Because Hullet could easily sit the deepest of those three and just dominate a game and yeah. let Roy Card go off and run around like Gina when Alden doing all sorts of stuff and then he has to just going around and being what we all want Nabi Keita to be. Um, you know, <laughs> as as having said that, Roy Card could be deep as Iniesta could go deep as it's a very um it's a very interchangeable tree I feel you have there with Roy Card, Iniesta and Hullet. Uh, shaping up to be two amazing sides um really, really are. Look if anybody's watching this on YouTube, please hit the like button. Please subscribe. Please hit the bell icon. And as soon as we go live, you will know about it. The more people we get on, the more people we get like, the more we get seen, the more people we get in to share opinions and stuff like that. If you're on um, Twitter or you're watching on Periscope, please hit the three little dots. Share it onto your timeline. The more people share, as always, the more people we get in, the more people we get on board, and the more laugh we have, to be honest with you. Um, that's all we're asking you for. We don't ask you for money. We don't ask you for subscriptions. We are... We are the biggest Liverpool podcast out there that's completely free. Let's be perfectly honest about it. Um, and we'll always be free. We'll never ask you for money for, um, for any content that we do. Um, unless it's for charity and we're trying to raise money for people. So all we ask is that you like, subscribe and share. That's all you have to do for us from one end of the week to the other. Um, but getting away from that, we, we're going to go into forwards tomorrow. And Keith, it's going to be an absolute minefield, isn't it? It is. I mean, in some ways, we know a couple of... 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah. They were our team sponsor.
Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Then that I'm going to take up on the the viewers, the the, um, the voting. Mm-hmm. You know, we know Messi and Ronaldo are probably going to take up two of them spaces. So the alternate one will be, in my opinion, be a bit more interesting. You know what I mean? Who will be picked out of the bones? Now, there's going to be, again, a serious amount of quality players getting thrown out into that to be voted on. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, yeah, I mean, just on the team we've picked so far, I'm loving the AC Milan midfield that we've somehow come out with there. Huller and Roy card, fantastic. Really happy about that. But I agree, it is a lovely blend of a midfield. Not everyone will agree. A lot of people will say, no, no way. How can you not have player A? How can you not have, you know, this player? Maradona getting left out is a controversial one, but... You know, but I distress that it's that it's yeah, it's not it's not 1986. 1986 Maradona walks into this side. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, minefield Maradona, 1990 to 1994. Mm. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, um, that's a fake penis Maradona doing the, the drug tests. And all. Exactly. Some no people, thanks. some people are asking there with regards to YouTube. Are we broadcasting on YouTube? Yeah, we yeah, are. No, no. If you if you go on to the I'm LFC Day Trippers page, it's it's broadcasting there. I don't know what's going on. How? But we're definitely broadcasting on YouTube tonight. It's there. If 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 you just go to LFC Day Trippers, you will see it there. I'm looking at it on my phone, so it's absolutely fine there. But I don't know why people can't see it. I'm being honest with you. Yeah, uh, I can't see. Dylan O'Rourke says you definitely get your money's worth. I'm presuming you believe you you mean with this podcast. Yeah, we believe you do. Um, you know, you're you're not being asked to give anything. It's literally like, subscribe, hit bell icons, and share. That's all you have to do. It's a couple of buttons, and um, that's all we ask. Uh, Stephen O'Connor says Roberto Baggio, what a player. Lads, he was a brilliant player. Uh, Danny Emery says it has yeah. to be loud. Chris Brack said, just go with Biscan, get it over and done with. Um, I don't hmm. think you have to go that far. Um, but P, looking at the forwards tomorrow, you know, I think there's going to be a bit of controversy when it comes down to the wide left because I look at it and I go, when well, Messi's taking wide right, there's no doubt about that. But on yeah. wide left, you're looking at Ronaldinho or Ronaldo and you're going to have to choose between one of them um, because. It was suggested last night that you'd end up with a front three of Ronaldinho, Messi and Ronaldo and you could put Cristiano Ronaldo up front. Um, for me, Cristiano Ronaldo is a wide left player. He went up front when his legs went a little bit or he wanted to just score more goals in the last probably season or two at Real Madrid but he spent a career in the wide left. But where do you see because when it gets to the striker you have to fill one position and you can just start rattling names off. Just got one answer for that for the strike but, but starting with right left you've got to go with prime as and I hate when people use this term because it's from a video game but prime Cristiano Ronaldo Cristiano Ronaldo with legs absolutely I mean the, the goal that sticks out in my mind that season when we were we were waiting for them to stop uh, I think it was 2008 and he absolutely destroyed Fulham I know not mm. a great side yeah. on his own cutting in from that uh, from that left hand side onto that right foot face you know so that Cristiano Ronaldo sits on the left hand side, killing killing people mm. for me. Um, Beyond, even even ahead of uh, Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. Yeah, Ronaldinho. It depends what you want, isn't it? From your team, I mean, Ronaldo's more efficient than ruthless. Ronaldinho's more um, flamboyant, entertaining. entertaining. Yeah. entertaining, definitely. Yeah. Well, ruthless, well, ruthless nonetheless. Well. Yeah, just ruthless with a smile on his face. You know mm. what I mean? I mean, yeah. he, was, let's, let's not downplay it. I mean, it's, oh. a lot of people will not. A lot of people won't agree with us. You know, not putting him in that short. You know, because because of the obvious player that we're going to put on the other side. Let's be honest about it. Mm. You know, Ronaldinho should be in that side, but 
I mean, it's a tribute to how devastating that Ronaldo was, you know, just mm. not saying he's not devastating now, one of the best headers of a footballer I've ever seen, but, you know, as a central central striker, but my God, that pace, that skill, that finish has to be him. Mm. has to be him. Um, Dan Tamo has Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, and Messi as his front three. I think that's where mm. the... the viewers will end up going with and then we'll have to find alternates to go against that. Um which should be him. Danny Emery has Thierry Henry in there with a show. Um Van Basten comes oh. in with a show from Chris Brack. Um Good show. Key says the real Ronaldo number nine, he was different level as a centre forward. He was outrageous. He was outrageous. He was, but I imagine he didn't get injured, you know what I mean? He's, he's the the injuries did do for him a bit as well, which mm. is unfortunate. Yeah. If he hadn't yeah, been, you're talking about the best striker of it. When you watched him at Barcelona and Inter Milan, he was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Unreal. 96 to 99, it was just. Mm. Just Lewis, unreal. Luis Figo will probably go in there as left hand side as well in, in, in the. In the in the <laughs> in the running for for uh, the left well. forward, he, he won't get a close. Though, I don't think um, <laughs> we'll, pro- well. we'll probably end up with eight names um, for the left, eight names for the right, and four eight names up front, and then we'll have to break it down to four, and then break it yeah. down to a winner. But it's um it's it's really hard to look at. Um, if anyone wants to throw in random random questions, you're more than welcome to. Um, we've we've lashed through these tonight because we only need to pick three players as opposed to five last night. So if you have any random questions, please throw them in. Um, uh, let me see. Injuries killed Van Basten, says Danny. Yeah, he absolutely did, but he was unbelievable. Did, yeah. I remember him playing against them. Um, I think it was Gothenburg in the Champions League, probably around 93 at the San Siro. He, he was scoring overhead kicks and everything. He was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know? yeah. um, well, I think Van Basten was more peak in the eight, late 80s, wasn't he? And then the 90s. He... Up until about 92, I think he was on, on it. And then for the last year, year and a half, he was just... I think he was nearly. It was just. It killed him. The ankle injury just killed him. Yeah. Um, well, if you're talking about if you're talking about pure finishers, nobody to touch him. Mm. Absolutely nobody to touch yeah, him. Yeah, he was he an just, assassin. Wasn't the, he? the goal he scored at, at Euro '88 against the Russians. Yeah. I mean, mm. It's just. It's just beyond even today. When by someone today's scores standards, a goal we, like that, now it's always like, oh, yeah. it's so like Van Basten, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but it's just not. I mean, uh, you think of all of the, the factors. Think of a very, very strong Soviet Union team at the time. Yeah. So the best from a huge continent, the best. The goalkeeper they had, a guy called Renat Desayev at the time, who was at the peak of his, of his careers. Yeah. He was just different level as a goalkeeper. The angle that Marco van Basten had to aim at, which if you look at it, it's probably the width of three or four goalposts. And then to find that perfect power and dip to beat a goalkeeper like that, no, that that goal is just outrageous, outrageous. He was just, he's the best finisher any of us have ever seen. Don't get me wrong, we'll talk about Fowler, we'll talk about Ian Rush, but pound for pound, you know who, ridiculous finishing. Marco do you know who doesn't get a mention uh, when in this whole conversation is Romario. Romario oh. in the 90s for Barcelona and PSV was... Sensational, well. yeah. So he should get a mention. It's going to be so hard to pick eight strikers. Oh, well, so many other things, well, there's so many, so many other things though that that Romario didn't do that will rule him out of a, of a great 11. I, I think you're right, raw finishing, he was just different class one on one, forget about it. But there's yeah. so many other things, so many things that a great player would never do, uh, and that great players. Do that, that rule Romario out of a, a greatest eleven uh, yeah. r- run in really. Uh, and me. again, you look at you know what's a great striker now. Messi and Ronaldo have sort of 
ruined it for everyone. You know what I mean? With scoring fifty goals a season, you'd look mm-hmm. back at someone that in the nineties, especially, and then even into the north. Well, that's that where the false nine came from. Lee. Yeah, mm. that's where the false players, nine came from, wasn't it? Up. Because. When you had wild players, i.e. Ronaldo and Messi banging in 50 goals a season, you nearly had to play with a false nine because he had to get out of the way of these two. You know, to, to, yeah. he had to get out of the avenues that they were they were looking to fill all the time. Messi in a different way to Ronaldo. Ronaldo was pure power and pace and getting in there. And don't get me wrong, a, a ridiculous amount of skill along with that. But he was looking to be so direct in getting into those positions that would be vacated by a striker in order to score. Whereas Messi would be looking to take it from 30 yards and go past you three or four players and stick it away. But again, usually when he stuck it away, he was in a position where you would expect to find a num- uh, an orthodox number nine. So that's where the, the false nine thing starts to develop, yeah. where you're looking going, we just want you to link with these fellas because they're outrageous. You know that way? So that's the way it goes. Um, random question from Dylan. Would you rather be drunk 24-7 or never drunk again? Never drunk again. Yeah, 24-7 would be too hard to handle. Definitely. Yeah. I can't uh, do two days. <laughs> I can't do one day <laughs> after another. Never mind mm-hmm. 24-7. I like a drink now, um, surprisingly enough. But <laughs> never. Uh, I'd, I'd have to stay away from it. 24-7, yeah, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be gone. It's heavy. heavy I'm not able for it anymore, lads. It's not, I'm not able for it anymore. Don't just think not it's able, able for it. It's, it's just, like, uh, don't get me wrong, I love a drink probably more than most people, but when it comes down to it then, after three, four, five days, like, go away for a week yeah. and go on it. Or after three, four, five days, you're like, fuck <laughs> this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You know, it's 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 mad, so I, I, I think we'd all say... Uh, We'd, we'd stay away from it rather than 24-7. Uh, closest to the Van Basten goal was Torres versus Blackburn at um, at Anfield. I can tell you, I remember one, it was Fulham away to Palace. It's probably going back about, it might be five years ago now. I, don't, I can't remember the guy's name. And a ball was played over this fella's shoulder and he caught it on the meat and he put it in off the, he put it in at that angle. It was a ridiculous goal. If you look up... Um, Crystal Palace v Fulham wonder goal. I can't remember the guy's name. It was a Fulham player at Crystal Palace. I can tell you that it was very, very similar to it. Uh, it Rel- was Karim Floyd, not Karim Floyd. It was. Uh, I remember the goal. Fuck, I'll get his name. Yeah, have a look at me. Uh, Raul is a great show for the pure goal scorer. This is Danny Emery. Uh, Risto Stoichkov says Stephen O'Connor, great player. Yeah. Uh, Chris mm. Brack, uh, favorite international short as a kid. His was the nineteen ninety eight Netherlands short. Um, 98, 98 or 88 mm, I, he says 98 but I don't know whether he means eight. Kasami was the guy's name Dan Tomlin yeah, yes that's, that's it, him Kasami, it's a ridiculous it, goal um, favourite favourite international short as a kid P Germany the, the uh, or the the Republic of Ireland 90, uh, 1988 yeah, the, 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 that jersey was just outstanding yeah, I was like, why did we ever change that year? We should all of our shorts should have been just a variation on that short. Okay. Um The eighty eight ninety era was where the was the pinnacle for shorts. I think you had the the Holland and Soviet Union and the Germany away one where all that Mad Adidas uh, designed one, it was beautiful. Mm. But the the German home one with the three colours across, you know, the yeah. the famous um, yeah. Adidas one that's takes unbeaten. I know it's the Danny says ninety says West Germany as well. Um yeah. nice short. Uh, I nice would short. go I would go with the away Germany one that the, the green one. The green one. Yeah. Beautiful. And France Beautiful. done a lovely Beautiful. one, I think probably two thousand and 
I'm going to say 2016 probably in around then. It was a beautiful uh, week away when it was outrageous. The saddest film you've ever watched. Dylan O'Rourke says he when he first got with his girlfriend, he went over and I think he said his, her mother, her sister were there and he put on my sister's keeper. And uh, he cried for about three hours. Um, <laughs> is there, is, uh, what's the saddest film you've ever watched? Probably Philadelphia. Philadelphia is okay. very sad. Okay. Um, um, as a kid, the champ used to be a bit of a tearjerker. Yeah. Um, Ricky Schroeder and all that. Yeah, it was. It was that was a bit. But as I got older, a bit embarrassing now. You know what I mean? But Graham <laughs> Oil was a bit of a. Mm. The green oil when John Coffey gets I don't, sorry spoiler alert John Coffey yeah. may or may not get his come up and when he does when he does I was I was holding back the tears and that mm. um, I remember my wife having a breakdown to the notebook um, yeah but uh, do you remember the one uh, years ago in American Tale I think it was Anna uh, Foyval Goes West yeah yeah. That was uh, made in Dublin, believe it or not. Was in it? The well, Sullivan well, Blue Studios down in uh, Cunningham Road. Yeah, that, that's that, where that was drawn. That was the f- that was the first film I remember getting upset. At. Um, I don't really get upset at films, but that was one. Um, Stephen O'Connor says Gabriel Batistuta, the pure goal scorer, never really won. Yeah, uh, he, he was deadly. Um, ninety four Brazil jersey says Danny Emery. He's into that. Cracker, no- yeah, we had that. Nineteen ninety eight was obsessed. See what Holland team uh, when I was fifteen, and so that's why he's into nineteen ninety eight. He says nineteen eighty eight more iconic, but only five, so don't really remember that tournament. Uh, Danny says Batty goal was exceptional. Annie Lassie film says Avo uh, just melts Avo's heart by the looks of it. I had a lovely one in. Um, I think I'm going to say the two thousand and two. Would it be two thousand and two? Maybe ninety eight. Even Portugal away jersey was blue. Blue and white. I think I remember that short. Nice really short. Nice, that. Really yeah, nice. Nice short. Um, funniest film you've ever seen? Um, anything with Will, Will Ferrell for me. I just think he's the funniest man in the world. Yeah, I like him. Anything. I love, uh, Will Ferrell, I love old school. Yeah, old, old school. school. Yeah, great, I was gonna say, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Frank I, the Tank and all that. Yeah, Any movie. I, I, I like them. <laughs> um, I like the one. Uh, I don't know how recent it is, but it's um, is it Paul Rudd is his name? It's called I Love You Man, and he's trying to find the best. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed <laughs> yeah. that. But um, some, I like a couple of Adam Sandler ones as well. People don't like him, but I kind of like a couple of Adam Sandler. Yeah, ones. I love the I love the way he's on the eighties kick all the time. Whatever movie he makes, he always makes it clear. I like music from the eighties, and all, and yeah. this movie is going to feature that heavily. I yeah. love the way he's he's, he's into yeah. what he's into. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Hangover. First time I saw it, I had me from start to finish. It's still in the rock. Yeah. Uh, when Brilliant. I was a kid, uh, says Danny. Uh, Watership down, Bambi and ET broke my heart. ET wasn't too yeah. bad. Mac and me was no. worse. Mac and me, yeah. Watership down, Watership down was a blade and meltdown. Now, in fairness, we watched that in school as kids. <laughs> Art Garfunkel had me in a heap when he was singing Bright Eyes and that one. So, yeah, Watership down, forgot all about that. Yeah. getting a bit dirty now thinking about it. Dylan, Dylan's, yeah. Dylan's mag got thrown out of the cinema watching it with her friends for laughing too much. Um, Avo Light <laughs> Store Crazy that tickled him. Great. Uh, Still crazy, great. Dylan O'Rourke just says Frank the Tank. Um, yeah, well, everyone knows who Frank the Tank is. Lads, legendary. Be- before we finish, um, there might be more jerseys thrown in there, and there might be more, um, what do you call it, random questions. But before we finish the whole coronavirus thing, we can't let podcasts 
pass without discussing it. It looks like England are starting to take things a bit seriously. Pete, you're in you're in Spain, you're in Barcelona at the moment, and you're in lockdown, yeah. I am. You know, but what's interesting about it is, you know, people think that uh, societies are just going to lock down for months and months and months. They're not. You know, each country is 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 nominating its uh, its the amount of money it's going to spend bailing businesses out. So, mm. I think France are in uh, into businesses for three hundred billion. That's a loan, by the way. Mm. The, sa- the same figures that we talked about in in Spain, UK, and eventually in Ireland. But what it means is it buys us time. It buys us four to six weeks. After which you'll go into a period where everybody will take a view and this will probably be in the first week of may end of uh, april that we are where we are and you know life has to go on we have to uh, there'll be warnings issued there'll be uh, precautionary measures posted and after that it's just about you know taking care about getting back to work mm. you know we're not going to get into a situation where everything shut there's a lot of people out there wishing that things shut down purely based on what may or may not happen with Liverpool. Mm. The fact is that everything will go back to normal or as close to normal as we get on the first week of May. It has to because beyond that, you're talking about actual countries being bankrupt and it just can't happen. It's a cynical view, but it's the way it is. So staying with you, Pete, um, you know, the, the Premier League have put May or sorry, April the 4th as their first kind of deadline date on this side. I think they're due to meet tomorrow. That won't happen. And that no, won't no, no, happen. that won't, that won't happen. I think they're due to meet tomorrow and they're mm. basically the word coming out from most reputable journalists is that the Premier League will are striving and want at nearly any cost that this Premier League season gets finished. And I understand that because Listen, the ramifications, if it yeah. doesn't, are massive. You look at UEFA and you see them that they're moving the Euros um, 20 yeah. to 21. Now, the thing is, people say, well, oh, that's moving it for the leagues. I don't think it is. I think what's happening there is, is that, yes, it suits the leagues being moved or suits moving it for the leagues, but the, but the logistics of the European Championships for this summer is just a no-go, even if you, the leagues are finished no, no, no. now. Even if, if, even, if, even if we were 38 games in now and they said, well, listen, football's mm-hmm. closing anyway because we've finished our seasons. Mm-hmm. I can't see, I can't see yeah, the Euros make, happening make anyway. Make no mistake. No, make no mistake. The fact that the European Championships is supposed to be spread across twelve countries is irrelevant. The Premier League alone, the television deal, uh, television deal is up to in and around three billion pounds sterling. The, the the European Championships, even if it was on a remote island in in the, on the Faroe Islands, would be cancelled purely to facilitate the, the completion mm. of domestic football mm. across Europe. Mm. That's that's the priority now, as it stands. Um, nobody wants to say it. Nobody wants to, because everybody wants to make the fans feel like, you know, their presence makes all the difference. But it's all about the completion of the leagues for, because of te- television revenue. The Premier League, being honest with you, does not care if the stadiums are full or not. Mm. The the insurance covers clubs in, in the event that fans can't be there. Television revenue is everything. Mm. So what will happen in the in the worst case scenario is the the games will be completed between May and June, probably towards the end. Well, completed towards the end of June, behind closed doors, but on television. Mm. That's the way. It's, and you'll see Sky giving deals, you know, to season ticket holders. You know, everybody will lament the fact. Oh, the game is not the same without the fans. The fans will be there. They'll just be watching it on the screen. Mm. And you know, we know April the fourth is not going to happen. Do you do no. you do you see it? And now, oh, listen, I'm not pinning you, pinning you to your collar here, but do you see it? You know, early May being being the start of it. Because if you look, 
you know, behind closed doors, I, I see that argument. But when you look at the way the UK are handling things, which for me is appalling, um, you know, we, we give out about the Irish government morning, noon and night, but at least they've done something. I went, listen, now this is getting serious. We need to shut it down. We, you know, they've done so a week ago now. I think they shut the skills. It was last Thursday. So we are, well, tomorrow it's a, it's, a, it's a week since they shut the skills. But the UK seem to be just dithering along here and going, you know, you know like, because you have to remember, we can all say, oh, well, look, we're okay, Jack. You know, don't worry about the UK. But the, whatever happens in the UK, the, the one the people are going to be affected by it most is probably Ireland. I'm not defending I'm not defending the UK stance mm. under any circumstances, but I understand what they were trying to do. What they were trying to do is restrict the, uh, the movement of people. So, for example, when schools close, the first instinct, whether it be in some summer holidays or whether it be in a time of crisis, is to move from a pop heavily populated area to a, an, an area less so. A lot of those areas are virt- uh, virtually untouched by by the illness so far, and the UK, I think uh, the, the the Boris Johnson was trying to maintain that. Now, not that it can be forever. Uh, maintained but he was trying to control the spread to give them uh, at least the summer months before they had to deal with that because usually these things go dormant during the summer now what you're faced with and what happened in Spain last week was that the schools closed immediately but the parents decided to throw their kids in the car leave Madrid, leave Huelva leave La Coruña, leave Valencia and go down to Malaga and down to the less populated areas and what you're seeing now is increases in cases in the less populated areas which is something that the UK wanted to avoid so it wasn't that they were trying to take no action it's that they were trying to avoid the 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 mass spread if you will and try to avoid that at least till the summer but obviously Mm. not everybody understands that they just think oh you're doing nothing no they're just we're planning in a different way yeah I I get that but you know, I think I did say from the start, I, I felt we are lucky that we we're on an island. We weren't landlocked with France, mm. Germany and thing, because that's what's happening there. People are traveling over borders and it is spreading that way. There's no doubt about that. You know, mm. whereas we're, we're, we are quite lucky that we're on an island. But I do. I was getting annoyed at the UK because I thought, lads, you know, it almost felt like we're not in Europe anymore. We don't have to do what all you pricks are doing. We do whatever <laughs> yeah. we want. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and it can come across as that as, listen, we made our own fucking, we've made our own um, way in this world now, and this is what we'll do it differently to you. They should have reacted quicker, in my opinion. And and simply because, not because of the football, not because of Liverpool, not because of anything like that. No, the no. way I'm looking at it is the world needs to be in sync here. You know, the world needs to be saying, lads, listen, just stop everything now. Everyone, just stop everything now. And all right, I know what you're saying. You can't go five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks of, you know, we're shut down because the world just ends. You know, economically, mm. the world flats, falls on its arse. And yeah, we'll all be saved, but the, the world will be in bits at the end of it. All these 300 you, billion you'll and, see, and stuff you'll like see that. It for is, si- you'll see it for six weeks. You will see it for six weeks. Six, mm. There'll be six weeks from now of absolutely nothing mm. and what they call cocooning. That's going to happen. But after that, you know, we're... The, our doors are going to have to open again. We're going to have to go back to work in order for to avoid a complete financial mel- meltdown. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to go back to work. And the contingency is, okay, be responsible, be socially responsible and try to, to limit the, dam- the damage. Unfortunately, it, it, we're trying to give ourselves some breathing room so the, the health services who are doing an unbelievable job, obviously, mm. can take that sharp intake of breath and prepare for 
six weeks time when cases are going to be sadly on the rise you know so you know we it's frightening for for a lot of people particularly the vulnerable and i don't want to downplay it but the reality is you know working life has to continue at some stage and i would predict that first second of may that things will have to have some semblance of normality in order for the world to remain economically viable which as we all know makes the world yeah, it absolutely does. Keith, when you look at it and you see everything that's going on with regards to Italy, France, Spain, Germany, the UK, Ireland, I know um, in Africa they're talking about it, the America, you know, Canada, it's it's everywhere, you know, the kind of way. There is, yeah. there is talk there with China that it's, it's on it's on the decrease in China um, and they look like they've caught a hold of it and stuff like that, which is fair enough. But where do you see this going? Because, and I'm not, look, I'm going to ask this question, I'll probably be asking it every second or third day for the next month but where do you see this going because april the 4th is not going to happen the same way the schools in ireland being closed until the 29th of march that's not going to happen either it's going to go go beyond that but it's would you agree with pete that when you get to the start of may you're hoping that it has peaked and it's it's on the decrease and people being socially responsible as he says and you know um social distancing and, and hygiene and stuff like that while it's on the decrease it people just being responsible lets it go away over a period of time but in that period of time we are all going to have to go back to work start going out again start socializing again and stuff like that where do you yeah. see this going for you is it early may or do you think it's beyond that you know in in my heart i want it to be early may but you know my head is sort of saying now i think it, it might go on a bit longer but you know i you're relying on people not being fucking idiots, you know what I mean? And it's it it's a lot to expect. Do you know what I mean? You see videos of um, people having coronavirus parties and all this sort of show you it's uh, not helping the situation. You saw, you know, um, in the UK, they were having big, the man, what was it, the Stereophonics played a gig there in Cardiff to so many thousand people the other day. You had the uh, Paddy's Day parties and parades. We didn't have them in Ireland, but they had loads of them in the UK. You know, it's you need people to take it serious. Now, I know, I don't know if Pete, you're aware, Leo Varadkar mm. done an address it to the nation last I was night. watching it on Twitter. I watched it, yeah. Yeah, he said, he said a lot of nothing in it, but what I took from it was just, you know, stressing that things are going to get bad, you know, and that's yeah. the, that's the that's the thing, you know, how quickly it'll get bad. I don't know. May might be ambitious. I'd like to think it'll be over the worst. Not from a football point of view, of course. I mean, that's all becoming secondary now. But just mm. from uh, the fear and all that's out there, it's it's, it's crazy. But it? this is the thing, you know. This the whole the whole not the whole thing, but a lot of it has been driven by the media, and you know clickbaiting you know the, the media is unashamed you know they like to, to put the yellow banner across the sky news and fox news they like the yeah. picture of an actual virus strain i'm not saying don't take it seriously but i am saying that it you know panic sells fear sells bad news yeah. sells what you don't yeah. see is that the recovery statistics you don't see uh, the 97.2 percent um, you know, recovery statistics. That's what. Well, that's something you won't see yeah. on uh, on any upside report from Fox or Sky. But you know, bad news sells. However, you know, I, I think you're right. You know, it, it may drag on into the summer. But what I'm saying, economically, uh, and pure, you know, purely looking at it from that standpoint, the world itself cannot afford to lock. We cannot afford to, to lock 
80, 90% of the workforce down. Yeah. You know, there's only a certain amount of people that can, that can work from home for three months. We can afford to do it for six to eight weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's but where the that, problems are all arise, isn't it? Mm, that's where and then mm, who pays the who pays the bill then when it Well the businesses will pay back at, at less than at just under one percent interest. That will be the arrangement that okay, it's terrible that this has happened, guys. You're self employed, you took the risk. However, we'll support you. And this is what the government is saying to to, to the self employed. We will support you at a rate of between depending on what country you're in between uh two thousand and five thousand euros per head so per per employee we will support that but that won't be for three four months that will be yeah. for six to eight weeks maximum because anything else would completely flatline the world's economy people need yeah. to understand this and That's they need it. to brace themselves and keep themselves safe and you know the people who have it they need to understand that you know people that are vulnerable need to for example when things get uh back to some semblance of normality people that remain vulnerable are going to have to remain on lockdown yeah. you know they're going to have to follow very strict guidelines that we're all following now it's it's just the way of it you know yeah. it's it, it's, it's the way it's the same with the with the normal flu virus by the way which mm-hmm. is uh which is more of a killer uh statistically than than even this one, yeah you know? it's um it, it's a very bad situation and, and you know, like I agree with both is, you know, that it's a lot of it is driven by the media, but it is it is a case of I think it's it's just a case of wait and see when it peaks, where what time it peaks at, what sort of numbers it peaks at, and then you see where it starts to come down. But you would hope yeah. that you know, you'd hope that Italy starts to starts to drop off, France, Germany, we're gonna be a little bit behind that. England are gonna be England, the UK are gonna be a little bit behind that again simply the, because of the the, the plans that have been put in place and what time they've been put in place at so you're gonna have to wait and see that i'd be hopeful that i would say around mid-may i'm looking at looking at it going it's peaked and it's coming down factor in what pete said there with regards to people having to work and having to move industry and having to move money around the world that's just the way it is it's 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 a fact of life you'd hope that um you know whoever whoever can get this and get through it that's all you want you know the kind of way and the less the, the the minimize fatalities that's that's the main thing in the, in the whole gotcha. lot. but um gotcha. look it's it's a quite a series now we've ended on but it's something you have to discuss because it, it is it, it affects us in in daily life work life it affects us sorry, what's, what, in everything what's very disappointing to see is people weaponizing this situation uh to basically to pour their grudges out about something as trivial as liverpool winning in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, you look at Richard Richard Keyes. I mean, I, 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 I did. Did I miss something? Are Liverpool Football Club responsible for his decision to go on live television, inadvertently, albeit, and decide to be sexist and disgusting about uh, about women? Did uh, you know? I mean, there's a lot of self interest. You look at what Piers Piers Morgan is coming out with, you know, the, talking about what's fair and what isn't fair. These guys, people like this, are just weaponizing. Yeah. Uh, a potentially fatal disease and then other fans of other clubs are looking at us saying oh you're being selfish you're being selfish no I mean you only have to look at Jürgen Klopp's statement I mean that's a representation of Liverpool's position listen forget about football what's important is looking out for each other yeah exactly like everyone's anyone that's suggesting null and void in the league now it's just as you say Peter is weaponising it because if it comes down to it right and in six months we're not any better and the league for that season is null and voided and we have to put our hands up and say right this can't get done that's just the way it's going to have to be but you can't make that call now you can't make that call 
fucking the UK isn't even on a lockdown yet and they want to be null and void in the Please, league. Listen, you know what I mean? Like they have to let not, it's not, it's, not, it it's not going to happen. People don't understand the economics behind the game. Yeah. If this had happened 15 or 20 years ago when it was the, I don't know, the the, the Little Woods uh, Force Division, it could have been sustainable. But the Premier League is a three bit, television-wise, three billion, three billion pound business. It's not going to happen. It will be played out behind closed doors. Yeah, I to believe fulfill, so. to fulfill the tele- to, be, yeah. to fulfill the, the television contract. People need to suck that up. It's amazing the realities that I've seen rival fans play out this season. The VAR reality, it's become a phenomenon. So much so that there are Manchester City, Manchester United, Everton supporters out there who actually believe that VAR has benefited Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool are somewhere Crazy. around low mid-table when it comes to VAR overturning of decisions. But don't let the the, the the facts get in the way of the reality that you create. Then there was the wish that Donald Trump had started uh, war with Iran wiping out half the world in the process just to stop Liverpool. With, I mean, and now That's it's, crazy. you know, I, I hope that the world's economy collapses and we lose, you know, millions yeah, of, people of people just to stop. And then they have the barefaced cheek to turn around and talk about, A, what's fair, and B, how selfish Liverpool supporters are. It's yeah. We're living in un believable times but I just can't believe maybe it's Twitter but I can't believe the reality that our rival fans create for themselves and then turn the gun on us yeah. and yeah. accuse yeah. us of, of, of doing the same thing it's incredible yeah it it's is incredible it's 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 off the wall. Like let's be honest about it. But listen, we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to head, and we're gonna have to keep on top of this coronavirus chat as we go. Um, anybody that's that's bored or, or kind of just had enough of it, we're sorry. It's just a thing that we have to do because it will update, and every update will affect you know people people in you're living with people on the road people on the, in the area and people in the country are in you know it, it's going to affect everyone it will affect football uh fans as well it's it's as simple as that as pete said it, it goes a bit far at times but at the end of the day in the back of every football fan's mind is okay there is a problem in the world at the moment it's a massive one but a little bit of you is gone but when will the football be back and that's perfectly all right because yeah. it's something you're completely yeah. used to it's been a brilliant show um the mid the, the teams have been um nearly decided we're going to have some big polls tomorrow and um, we're going to have some big discussions tomorrow and the finalized teams and then we'll probably put them to a vote as well just to just to recap uh Buffon, Cafu, Cannavaro, Baresi, Maldini, Alonso, Gerard, Zidane that's the viewer's choice the Trippers alternate one is Schmeichel, Zanetti, Van Dijk, Chiellini, Lamb, Roycard, Iniesta and Hullet. Um, we will do the forwards tomorrow night. It will get tasty and we will get some people on to just have a row, basically. Uh, Keith, it's been great and we will talk to you soon. Pleasure as always, guys. Good stuff, Pete. Cheers, guys. Have great. a service. Good stuff. That's it. That's the Fatback 4 Daily. Enjoy the rest of... Well, there's not much left of your night, but enjoy it anyway and we will be back with you tomorrow night. Over and out. So, let's say you're into yoga, or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball.
Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.